want to welcome you tonight. This is uh, Garland Bilbo. And I'm here with my wife, Beverly. And uh, we're going to open up and begin to start talking about some scriptures here in just a, full, in a few minutes. But I want to challenge you to uh, uh, give us some likes here. Let us know you're, you're watching, you're listening, and uh, share it with some friends. You know, God has some great things in store for us. I believe that this year is going to be a year of jubilee for each one of us. You know, as I look at scripture and begin to see how that there was a double portion that came upon um, Elijah, Elisha. And um, when Elijah dropped his, his mantle, he says, man, I want a double portion of what you have. And uh, Elijah says, you ask a hard thing, but if you see me when I'm taken away, you'll receive that. And sure enough, we find that Elisha performed twice the miracles that Elijah did. Now, while he was alive, he was lacking one, one miracle to make it a complete double. But then all of a sudden, some Moabites were coming and some men were running. And that was an interesting moment where, where they're carrying a friend of theirs that had passed away. And, and uh, they couldn't carry him any longer because the, the enemy was catching up with them. And they came to a, a cave, a tomb, and they threw this dead man in there. And the next thing we know, this dead man that they threw on the bones of Elisha came alive. That completed the double portion there. <laughs> you know, today in the season that we're living in, I believe we're living in a double portion season. So reach out for God to do some incredible things for you as, as uh, you begin to pursue his word and, and follow after him. You'll begin to see great things begin to be established in your life as God begins to work in you and through you. So tonight, Bev's going to sing just a little bit. She's going to play the piano here, and uh, we're going to just have a good time. I'm going to slip away from the camera uh, so you can see her a lot better. She's a lot better looking than I am anyway, so uh, we're just going to have a good time tonight and just talk about some good things that God's doing. God bless you. I'll be back with you in just a moment. to love him you know when no matter what we're dealing with we can bring it to him there's a lot of people that 
When challenges come their way, they don't know who to turn to. They don't know what to do. And so sadly, they will turn to things that are like maybe substance abuse because they need some peace in their life and they can't cope with what they're dealing with. But you and I have the opportunity to bring all of our needs to the foot of the cross, to Jesus Christ, because he loves us. And he, he said we can cast all of our care upon him. So I don't know what you're dealing with tonight and what kind of care and what kind of load you're carrying, but I want to encourage you from the onset of this broadcast that you would carry your needs to the foot of the cross. Bring them to Jesus. He said to cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. He loves us. You know, there's so many people that um, look at us and they measure us and they don't know how to have unconditional love. Their love is based upon, well, if you do this for me or if you do that for me. But the love of our Heavenly Father has no conditions. He loves us even when we are at our worst, yet He loves us. I sang a song about that last week. I might sing it tonight. I don't know. But it's a powerful song about how that He loves us even when we didn't deserve it. Yet he loves us. And I'm going to sing this, the greatest thing again. The greatest thing in all my life, Lord, is knowing you. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing I want to know you more, Lord, I want to know you more, the greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. And the greatest thing in all my life, Lord, is loving you. The greatest thing in all my life <coughs> is loving you. I want to love you more. I want to love you more. The greatest thing in all my life is loving you. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship. 
peace. Take joy, my King, in what you Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your Let it be a sweet, a sweet, sweet sound. Oh, we love you, Lord Jesus. Let it be a sweet sound in your ear. Amen. You love the Lord tonight? I know you do. Just go ahead and tell him right now. Lord, we love you. And we bless you tonight. We praise your name, Lord. We give you honor. We magnify you, Jesus. You're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Lord, we just lift up every need that's presented in this broadcast tonight as we're coming to you, God. You know every need. You know every concern. You know every heartache, God. You know every impossible situation. Father, I release your healing virtue because healing is here. We release your healing virtue into the life of Denise tonight, God. We continue to pray, Lord, for Richard Rostrum. Lord, I lift up Kathy Carrick's mother right now. And I speak peace to the family at this time, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Lord, you're our healer, our way maker. Your healing is here. Healing is here. Healing is here. Healing is here. Oh, come on and say this next part with me, and I receive it. I receive it. Healing is here. Yes, healing is here. Healing is here. And I believe it. Healing is here. Yes, healing is here. Lord, we praise you for your healing anointing, your healing virtue. It's here. Thank you, Lord. And we receive it. Oh, yes, we do. Healing is here. In Jesus' name, we receive our healing today. We receive it, Lord. Lord, we ask you to touch majesty, God, and 
Heal her leg, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, every need, God, we may not know them all, but you do. And we lift them before your throne and we praise you with expectant hearts for great testimonies to yet come forth of your divine intervention. Amen. Pastor Garland's coming to bring forth the word tonight. And I know that you've been blessed. And I know that you're going to continue to press in. We want to remind you that tomorrow night, tomorrow night we'll see you at Praise Church Ascension at 7 o'clock. If you live in New Orleans and you want to drive out, come on out. But if not, then go to our church there at Praise Church of New Orleans and meet with Mary Bangs for a time of teaching and receiving the word and powerful prayer as the Holy Spirit moves. We're believing for miracles to happen at Supernatural Wednesday tomorrow night. So come bring somebody that needs supernatural healing, deliverance, and breakthrough in their life. Amen. God wants to touch you right where you are, minister to your needs. And we're going to be believing with you for breakthrough and for miracles. Well, I know that uh, that music has touched you. I believe that uh, as you enter into praise and worship, God begins to do great and wonderful things in your life. And, uh, you know, part of, part of what uh, we do in praise and worship is begin to open the heavens for you over your life. And so when you begin to worship, you begin to praise. Change takes place within you. I, uh, I, was, I got some, uh, some scriptures here that I want to talk to you about. And uh, here we are. We're, we're in our home again, and, and we get microphone cords all over the place, and hopefully you can hear us well. And, and, uh, but anyway, I just wanted to talk to you just about taking the limits off. You know, um, a lot of times we limit God. Uh, we limit him through unbelief. We limit him through uh, doubt, uh, moving into a place that we don't believe God wants to do stuff in our life. We, we really need to throw those things aside and just begin to walk in faith. God wants to perform his word in and through you. He wants to minister to each and every one of us as we dedicate ourselves to him. You know, relationship, and my relationship with my wife, we have a great relationship, and, but it takes work. In every relationship, it takes work. We've been married 42 years, three years. Come on, help me out. No, um, Monday's our anniversary. <laughs> we I were know. married in 1981. So, uh, are you telling 41 me you don't know how many years? years? <laughs> 41 years, I think, is what that is. It will be 41, I believe. Not doing a math. 40, right 41, 42 years, whatever it is. <laughs> we didn't go that long. And having a good relationship by not working at it. And sometimes we make blunders of it. Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we, we get on each other's nerves. And more so me getting on her nerves than she gets on mine. But in that, we, we learn from that and we grow in that. Uh, I can't remain the same and think that my relationship is going to get better. I have to change me. You know, it's not so much that I need her to change. If, if I work on me, then everything else is going to work out all right. Because when I change, it enforces or it brings change for other people. 
So same relationship with God that we're not expecting God to change on our behalf. We need to change so that he can show us how we need to live. We need, we need to come into alignment with him. And then for each one of us, there are things that we come to in life, maybe like a river having to cross over. I, I was talking just earlier when we opened up the broadcast where that <coughs> Elijah and Elisha, Elisha says to him, I want a double portion. But prior to, prior to that, they had to cross a river. They had to cross a, 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 a body of water. And it was interesting how they crossed it. Elijah took his mantle, struck the water and the water parted. This is, this is almost like a Moses moment where that Moses holds his rod out over the water and the waters parted. Same, same type anointing, but he used his mantle, struck the water and the water parted. Elisha says, I want a double portion of this, man. And so Elijah tells him, when you see me, when I'm taken away, you'll receive that. In other words, don't take your eyes off of, of me for a moment, because in that, in that moment that you can be fed or, or receive what you're asking for, if you look off, you could miss it. And many times we get distracted with a lot of things in life, and we look off. And we miss what God's trying to do in our life because of distractions. And believe me, the devil is going to bring distractions in your life. He's going to do everything in his power to prevent you from receiving what God has for you. Mm -hmm. So we have to be diligent, disciplined in our life and stay focused. Right. There's a lot of distractions right now in our world. For two and a half years, we've had major distractions. We've got more distractions taking place and, and a lot of distractions overseas uh, in our own land. And, oh, man, we just we, there's a mess that's taking place in our world right now. Mm -hmm. And all of these can get us off track mm -hmm. if we focus on that instead of focusing on God. Mm -hmm. Now, we need, to, we need to be aware of the current events and the current affairs that are taking place in our world. But God has to be first and foremost within us. You know, as, as uh, talk with you here, I got some notes here that I want to just kind of skim over and talk with you about the Bible. The Bible says that God be, let God be true and every man be a liar. That's in Romans chapter three, uh, verse four. God cannot violate his own word. <clears throat> Let's think about some of this real quickly here, because when we start looking at what God's wanting to do in our life, we have to understand that his word is true and everything else has to measure to his word. My dad was a carpenter and so he had different tools. He, and one of the things that he used back then in the, in the day, they use lasers now and various different instruments, electronic instruments, but he had a plumb bob. A plumb bob was a, a brass fixture ornament, uh, heavy in weight, had a, a pointed end to it, and then that string, they had a string that would come out of it, and he would mark a ceiling to the floor, and you could find the mark where it was on the floor, equivalent to where it is on the ceiling. So it, it was a plumb bob. He also used a level. A level he would, he would put on the door frames and to get the door frames plumb. 
he'd use a level also to get a right level on whatever he was building. You know, in our life, we have to have a plumb bob. And the word of God is our straight edge that helps us make it through the times <coughs> that we're in. If something's not going right in our life, we can't always, we can't blame God for what's going wrong in our life. Besides being immature in our walk with God, with God this is nothing more than doubt and unbelief operating in our life. This is interesting. I, I came in today and my wife was on a, on a phone call, uh, conversation with someone, and, and I heard bits and pieces of, of one side of the conversation. And from all that I can understand was that there are people that use the word for their own benefit, for what they want out of life, instead of looking at the word to align themselves with that word to straighten their life, they want other people to be manipulated by a portion of the word as they take it out of context. It's interesting how human nature is always striving for me, for you, for our own lives to be what we want instead of us striving to be what God wants. So we even get to a place where we find people manipulate the word for their own benefit, to justify their own life. Besides being immature, this is doubt and unbelief coming in. If this is doubt and unbelief, it cannot be of faith. If doubt and unbelief is operating in your life, it can't be faith talking here. By now, we must know God's ability to do miracles in our life it's directly proportional to our faith. Hmm. I was telling our congregation several times, but Sunday I was talking to him and I'm saying, you know, your faith grows based upon the knowledge that you have of his word. <laughs> it grows in parallel with the knowledge, with the understanding. The Bible says that my people, God's people, are destroyed for the lack of understanding or the lack of knowledge. Of, of what? Of his word. So when I want my faith to grow to the next level, then the, the solution for that is for me to study the word on a higher level so that my faith can grow in proportion with my knowledge, with my understanding, with the revelation that I have. Hope this is helping here with, with where you are in your, in your life. So we must know God's ability to perform miracles in life is directly proportional to your faith. Too often, we limit God by our excuses. We limit God by our excuses. People always have excuses why they can't do something. This is simply murmuring and complaining. You ever been around somebody that that's all they do is murmur and complain you know it, 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 it doesn't take long to be around someone like that and you're looking for an exit you're looking to get away from them because it's weighting you down especially if you're trying to operate in faith 
You're trying to operate in what God is saying for you to operate in. Yeah. So when you're around somebody that's murmuring, complaining, and griping, and, and allowing unbelief and doubt to operate through their life and saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. Oh, it's heavy. It's heavy yeah. to be in a room with someone like that when yeah. you're trying to walk in faith. That's right. People always have excuses why they can't do something. Right. This is simply murmuring and complaining. Words of doubt and unbelief will only limit the ability of God to work in your life. There's power in your words. The word tells us to decree a thing. Mm. Prophesy. Speak mm. into existence those things that you're desiring. Mm. Allow yourself to come into alignment with his word. You know, if you're needing healing in your body, the greatest thing that you can do for yourself is to read the scriptures about how Jesus healed them all. That he loves us, he cares for us, and it's by his stripes we are made whole. Amen. So when I start <laughs> meditating and, and, and allowing that to come into my life, my faith grows <laughs> with that revelation. So when that revelation comes in, that knowledge or that understanding of what God can do and what he will do when we ask. We've all heard the scripture, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Amen. But how many times do we talk our way out from God bringing those desires to us because of unbelief or doubt? Hmm. I don't know if God can do this. I want this, I need this, I want this to happen, but I just don't know. I don't know if it can happen. Well, the word tells us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Go on just a little bit here. We all want God to use us. Do you want God to use you? No, I want him to use me. That's what I'm longing for, striving for. He uses us. Mm -hmm. And I don't want him to quit. <clears throat> Yet people will find excuses not to minister to the next door neighbor. <laughs> we, wanna, we want to go and conquer the world, but we're not willing to minister to our next door neighbor. Mm. It's, uh, to me, this is just the mindset of us, and we, we pass it by, and, and in that, we lose out in what God can do through us because we talk our way out of it. We can't talk to our neighbor. <clears throat> How can God expect us to go to foreign countries where our physical life may be in danger when we don't want to even minister to our next door neighbor? Here's something to think about. Once you can head, head, uh, head, heal your own headache, once you can heal your own headache, once you have enough faith for your own headache, maybe the next step is to help heal your neighbor's cancer. Some strong words here. We need to remove the words of doubt and unbelief and fill our lips with the words of praise and worship. God will not give you something you have not expected, wait, wait awaited for, or anticipated. If you anticipate failure, evil, and doom, destruction, you can speak those events right into existence. Mm -hmm. That's how powerful your words are. 
no matter which direction you're going in. God's given us the ability to speak. Be creative with your words. The first thing we must realize is that there will always be a river you have to deal with. It might be a river in your destination. It might be a, a river that comes before your miracle. You must make up your mind to take the limits off of God so that he can move you across the river. <coughs> He's called you to be more than a conqueror so you can prevail against impossibilities. Don't look at what God has done. Rather, look at what he wants to do. A lot of people talk about the past. Look what God did back in the 60s, what he did in the 70s, what he did, you know, let's talk about what he's going to do and what he is doing today. I want to I go to a scripture in Jeremiah chapter 12 in verse 5. If thou hast run with the footmen and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with the horses? And if in the land of peace wherein thou trustest, they wearied thee, then how will thou do in the swelling of the Jordan? This is an interesting, interesting topic here. He's saying, if in the land where there's been peace and these spirits have wearied you, then how are you going to deal with the horses when they begin to come? Now think about it for a moment because the past two and a half years, many people have been overcome with fear. Yeah. Suicide rate is at a record high. Drug addiction, we've got crime that is off the charts now, that is, is greater than we've ever encountered. As a result of people that are dealing with fear, anxiety, stress, they don't know what tomorrow holds. They don't know what's going to take place. And so we have all of these issues that come. We have to remember, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Now think about how, how all these events have affected you internally. And he's saying here, hey, if you hadn't been able to contend with the footmen, what are you going to do when the horses come? So you say, well, that doesn't, that's not very, very uh, promising for me. That's not very encouraging for me. It is, it is this way. I'm encouraging you to dig into the word, to allow the word to get a hold of you and you get a hold of the word. That your faith goes to a higher level. I want to go, I want to go with you into 2 Kings chapter 5. And I want you to look at, look at this, a little story about Naaman. Naaman, a captain of the host of the, king, uh, of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, in valor, but he was a leper. It's that clause there at the end, but he was a leper. He had all of these accolades. He had all of these things that he had conquered, all these things that he had overtaken. And then it says, but he was a leper. Now look at this. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel, 
a little maid and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her, her mistress, would God, would God my Lord wear with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. Now look at this. You have Naaman's wife, they kept, they kept, the army captured this little maid, brings her in and now she is serving in this home. Naaman's wife, she's talking with her and she's saying, hey, there's a God in Israel. There's a prophet in Israel and he will heal him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord saying thus, and thus said the maid that is in the land of Israel and the king of Syria said, uh, go to, go and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver and 6,000 pieces of gold and 10 changes of garments. And he brought the letter of the kings to Israel saying, now when, is, when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, am I God to kill and to make alive that this man doth send unto me a re to recover a man of leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you to see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. Now, there's an interpretation of this thing that the king of Israel is saying, man, he's trying to pick a fight. If I don't heal this guy, he's going to pick a fight with me. And it was when Elisha, the man of God, had heard the king of Israel had rent his clothes and he sent to the king saying, wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariots and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. This gets interesting here. And Elisha sent his messenger unto him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and thy flesh shall come to thee and thou shall be clean. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Isn't it interesting how that we want God to do it our way? This is what Naaman wanted. He came, and when Elijah, Elisha didn't come to the door himself, he sent his messenger, said, go tell him to wash seven times in the river. He had a river he had to face. Every one of us has a river we have to face. Sometimes God requires us of things and we really don't want to do it because our perception of that is how can God work in that? You know what? God never does anything without challenging our faith and our obedience. <clears throat> so here's, here's Naaman. He's, he's complaining. He's griping. He has unbelief. And his servant says, if we would told you to do a great thing, you would have done it. Why don't you just go and do what he says for you to do? And Naaman turns and goes into the river and dips seven times. The seventh time he comes up and the word says his skin was made whole. Now, it's interesting to me that Naaman could have left and never received 
what God wanted to do for him. He could have pouted. He could have had an attitude. He could have, he could have blown a gasket, but yet he's saying, his servant says, if you wanted to, if you, if he'd asked you to do a great thing, you would have done it. Mm -hmm. This is such a little thing. Just go do it. Yeah. <laughs> this is a prophet of God. This is a man of God. Just go do what he's asking you to do. And let's just see what happens. And sure enough, when he obeyed, and when he latched on to the faith of other people that was around him, he came up whole. Here's my question for you tonight before I go off and turn it back to Bev. What is God asking you to do? Is he asking you to go and minister to your neighbor that you're excusing off and you don't want to do? We're so busy in our world and our life that we don't want to take the time to do some of the things that God is just whispering in our ear to do. But what might happen if you do what God's asking you to do? You could receive your breakthrough that you're asking for, that you're wanting God to touch in your life, that you're wanting to bring a miracle to you, but because he's asking you something that seems to be off course, we don't understand. We might not like. We're willing to walk away from our miracle. Just a thought. We need to become obedient to what God's saying. If there's someone that God asks you to minister to, take the time and go minister to them. You never know what could change in their life and what can change in yours by being obedient. The word of God's true. All we have to do is follow it. We love you. We thank God that you tuned in today. I believe God's got some great things in store for all of us. But we have to walk this thing out. Naaman had to walk it out. He had to obey. Went down to the river. Dipped. And then he crossed back to where he came from. A whole man completely healed. You know, there was some rejoicing in that house with that little maid that suggested to Naaman's wife, there's a God in Israel and there's a prophet. Why don't you go to him? He'll receive his miracle. Wow. From unexpected people, people say things that they might not even know exactly what they're saying, but it could be a direction that God's giving you. And God can speak to you and begin to talk to you what you should do. I hope this challenges you. I hope that it, it uh, brings a challenge that's a good challenge for you. We all need to be obedient to what God is saying and allow him to rule in our life. I want to pray with you before I go. Just, Lord, I thank you for those that are watching. I thank you for what you're doing in their lives. And, Father, if they're at a crossroads, if there's a river that seems to be something that they need to cross, to cross over to that other side, Lord, let them have the boldness and the clarity of mind to do what you want them to do. Minister to them, O oh God. Move upon them. And Lord, I ask you as they do that, I ask you that you give them the desires of their heart. 
move upon them today and we give you praise and give you glory for it in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, if you're watching today and you want to be a part of our ministry and you want to give, there's a place at our website, Praise Church of Louisiana, that you could be a part of what we're doing. God's doing some awesome things. Our church services have been off the charts. Sunday in New Orleans was a phenomenal day. When I walked in, man, the praise and worship was just unbelievable. We could have just gone home right at the end of that. But God had a word for us. God has some great things in store for you. Trust him. Believe in him. Study the word of God. And allow your faith to begin to grow with the revelation that you receive. I'm going to turn it back to Bev. You know, Garland, uh, on the, um, today you and I have been working in different places. You've been putting up sheetrock at the church. And, and uh, I've been working and handling church and ministry things today all day. Um, it's been a, a kind of an intense day for each of us, just in different directions. But um, we received an email today from a lady, and she, she or a phone call, I guess, uh, comes to our website and shows up in the form of an email. And um, she said, my, my counselor told me that you could help me with some deliverance. I need some deliverance. And, you know, we can. We can do that. I know there are churches that shy away from that. Um, there are churches that that so much refer just to deliverance ministry that that scares a lot of people away, <laughs> and it shouldn't, because you know um, we do not believe that Christians can be demon possessed. And I'm sure I'm opening myself up for a million yeah. letters and hate mail and everything else to come in. But you know, no man can serve two masters and a house divided against itself cannot stand and christ is not going to dwell where the, the the devil is he's just not going to take up habitation in the same place but christians can be tormented and their peace can be affected and they can be you know you referred earlier to fear but you know, discouragement, causing suicides, things of that nature, you know, those things can happen because the enemy is as a roaring lion. He's not the lion. Jesus Christ is the lion of the tribe of Judah, but he's as a roaring lion going about seeking whom he may devour. And he comes against us and brings attacks, brings discouragement, tries to overwhelm people, bring depression and uh, confusion and torment in the mind. And Jesus paid the price for deliverance for anything. I really felt strongly to address this online. I feel like there's somebody watching that needs to hear me saying this, that Jesus Christ has paid the price for your deliverance from any type of bondage, no matter what it is, whether it's a bondage through an open door because you were a victim in a situation or whether it's a bondage because of an open door that you knowingly and willingly opened yourself because you thought you could handle this and didn't realize you were opening a door for total addiction and bondage to come into your life. But Jesus Christ is still setting people free today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And as I said at the onset of the broadcast, as I was singing, he loves you with an unconditional love. So he loves us in spite of ourselves, in spite of the foolish blunders we make, the doors that we open that we should have kept shut. He still loves us. He's still there with arms open wide, reaching out for us. Um, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's just knocking. He's knocking. He's waiting. If any man would open the door and, and let him come in and sup with them. Christ is waiting for you and I to open the door. Invite him to come in. Give him permission to work in our lives. And, and he will come in and and have communion with us and he will take up his abode within us. And the book of John talks about all about that. John uh, talks about, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He wants us to become one with him. And we can do that when we have given our, our, ourselves completely to him and yielded our control and said, Lord, I need you. I need a savior. I need a deliverer. And I invite you to come in and take control of my life. And I want to say, if you are watching this broadcast and you need deliverance, come to one of our services. Let us lay hands on you. Let us come in agreement with you. Us and the other powerful believers that God has placed in our ministry. We have faith. Pastor's talked about faith tonight. Garland's been sharing on that topic and he's been talking about it a lot in our services. He always will refer to that. We have the faith to believe that greater is he that is in us than the devil, than the demonic forces that are in this world. And that through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can walk in freedom and deliverance. Our minds can be set free from the torment of the work of the enemy. We just got to press in. There's something that happens when you come into a place filled with the anointing of the power of God, with other believers, like-minded with faith. Christ still sets free today. And so we encourage you, maybe you're going through some things. And at the same point, don't be one of these people that's going around thinking there's demons in everything and everybody, you know, because that's not the case. Sometimes that's the case, but that's not always the case. But even if there is demonic activity, the Bible says demons fear and tremble at just the name of Jesus Christ. So we have greater power. And so I'm encouraging you. I'm encouraging you tonight that if you or someone you know is dealing with demonic oppression, let this be the last night because Jesus came to set you free to give you peace, to free your mind from the torment so you can lay your head on your pillow at night. You can rest, not be tormented, not be hearing voices, but to be totally set free by the power of Jesus Christ. You know, the word tells us that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And when Christ is in you, you've got everything you need right there. He paid the price when, when you look at salvation, salvation is not just what we, what we look at salvation being born again. The word says I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. When he saves us, he saves all of us. I'm not talking about all the people. I'm talking about all of you. Every, every, every aspect of who you are and right. what has gone on in your life and what's going on in your life now. Right. Now, 
studying the word, knowing the word, and knowing your authority gives you the power to overcome anything that would come against you. Mm -hmm. Let God work in you. As Bev said, come to the service. Mm -hmm. We'll lay hands on you and pray for you and believe that God's going to touch you. Mm -hmm. Amen. He will. He'll do Amen. it. Amen. He'll set you free. He'll Amen. heal you. He'll deliver you. He'll move in your life and change your life forever. And that's what we want. All of us want God to change us forever. And I promise you, he will. He'll touch your life. So we love you. We thank you for joining us tonight. I believe God's got some great things in store for us. But remember, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. And the word says, and old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The only way that the enemy can come to oppress you is, how, is, is you allowing him to give you those thoughts to bring the oppression. Otherwise, you need to take authority over that. Take authority over those dreams of tormenting things. Tell him he's got no place in you. When you recognize who you are and what Christ has done for, for you, and what he has given to you. He, the word says, all authority has been given to me. And now he gives us authority to fulfill his word. You know, the Bible tells us, says, let this mind be in you that's also in Christ Jesus. So we need to start thinking how Christ thought. And allowing his word to get in us. So his word is written for us written the more that I study it the more the word comes in me the more of understanding how he thought now becomes a part of me now I can say truly no weapon formed against me is going to prosper I might have obstacles that come my way I may have issues that come I may have a storm that comes but I can speak to the wind and I can speak to the waves I can rebuke that storm and it has to obey me. The word says, if you have faith of a mustard seed, speak to that mountain and it shall obey you. Speak to the sycamine tree and it shall be uprooted. There may be some things that you need to speak to, to cast. There may be some things that you need to speak to, to uproot. Maybe some old thoughts, old memories, old issues. Start speaking to those things. Devil, you have no authority in my life. So the only authority he has is what authority you allow him to walk in. Otherwise, the word says he's under your feet. The word tells us that we're to be above and not beneath. The devil's supposed to be under your feet. You're above him, not below him. When you understand these things and understand the word of God and get it in you, it gives you strength in knowing, having knowledge, having understanding. Now your faith can rise to the understanding and the knowledge that you have and your faith now joins in. And listen to this, angels are on standby, waiting to help fulfill the word of God that you release, that you know. So it's important to read, to study the word of God, to have a prayer life and let God work in your life. Father, I ask you right now, those that 
or being oppressed by the devil, let them understand who they are. Let them understand the authority that they have. And Lord, we command those spirits to stop tormenting and stop speaking right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we plead your blood over them right now. That no more dreams, no more terrible dreams, no more tormenting dreams. Father, I ask you, Lord, that you would touch them and minister to them. Make yourself real to them today. And we give you praise and give you glory for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want to direct you to this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5, it says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It tells us to take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. Casting down imaginations and any high thing that exalts itself against your knowledge of God. That's what we have to do. So when you start taking authority and you start reading the word, then those things that come in through your thoughts, you measure it to see, is this of God or is it not of God? If it's not of God, I need to cast it down. Any high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. This is where a lot of Christians struggle because they're not studying the word. They don't know their authority. When you know your authority and know who you are, Oh man, the devil is afraid of you. He's afraid. That's why he interrupts you when you're getting ready to pray and getting ready to read his word. He'll he'll cause distractions to come because if he if he if you ever get a hold of his word and it becomes revelation to you, the devil can't stop you. So he does everything that he can to stop you from listening to the word, reading the word, studying the word, so that your faith is hampered in its growth. Now the word says that God has given all man a measure of faith. But we have to grow that faith. How do you grow it? By reading the word, studying the word, study to show yourself approved. Allow God to bring you through by his Holy Spirit and reveal to you what he wants you to know in that word. It's interesting how that you can read the word today and come back three weeks from now, read the same passage and get something new from it. You can't exhaust the word of God. It's there for you. You have access to it. Dig in and let God be the one that leads you through it. God bless you. We love you.
Jesus is here. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. Saturate our homes today. Saturate our lives, oh God. We need you, Lord. Surround us. 